Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast. I'm Jonathan. I'm Emily. And we are talking about abstract games. You know what an abstract game is? They probably don't know what an abstract game is. I mean, it is a very uh, abstract word. Kind of by definition. Uh, it's also kind of a rarefied word. You know, people yeah. don't think of this, you know, hoity-toity academic type stuff when it comes to board games, because board games are fun and silly and light. So, all right, quick definition. Uh, also, spoiler, we actually don't know what the proper definition of an abstract game is either, because it's really complicated and weird. We've, like, cobbled together, like, four or five different sources from the internet. We kind of have. So, um, good place to start. Um, an abstract game is well, kind of like abstract art as opposed to representational art. It's not supposed to be a thing. It just is what it is. So, like, take checkers, for example. I mean, what's a checker? What's a checker supposed to be? Yeah, like, what do you what do you think about? Does it evoke anything when you do it? No, like... it's, it's just a checker. That's it. Yeah, r- rather than um, being about zombies or real estate or money or whatever. Abstract games are about shapes and lines and dots and colors and numbers. But they're not even like about those things. They just are those things, right? Like checkers is not a game about circles and the color red and the color black. Mm -hmm. It just so happens that, you know, it's red, black and circles. They tend to be uh, thought of as, I guess, kind of the purest sort of game. You know, mm-hmm. just pure brain versus brain, usually for two players. Yeah, uh, like no fluff, no nonsense. Nothing random. No. Uh, usually nothing hidden between yeah. players. No information that I know that you don't know. Except what's in your mind. That's true. There is hidden information in an abstract game. But the uh, that's that's sort of, I guess, meta information. It's outside. This is actually probably more suited for Friday, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you're getting a little deep there. I, okay, so... Uh, you, let's, you've used the word meta, like, I know, too, too many just, times so okay, far. Okay, so we're going to sort of break it down, get down to what it's about. Abstract games are easy to learn and hard to master. That's the catchphrase, right? Yeah. In ten minutes to learn, ten years to master, kind of Something thing, right? like that. And uh, as a result, we tend to recommend them a lot at the cafe for players who are new to games, because mm-hmm. often they're, like, a couple... Uh, you know, two people looking for something. Abstract games tend to work really well for two. And uh, they tend to be easy to pick up on. Yeah, and also not, like, overwhelming when you look at them. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I loathe to use the word, like, minimalist. But it's true. You know, there's not a lot of stuff going on. There's very few bits. And like you said, you can see everything mm-hmm. and understand everything immediately. Yeah, you're not right? going to get a whole pile of tokens or a whole bunches of dice with different symbols on them. Uh, you can pretty much see right away what you're dealing with. I think the other thing that makes abstract games easy to get started with is because uh, so many of the most common ones are very much sort of cultural standpoint. Everybody knows what they are. Everybody's heard Mm -hmm. of chess. Yeah. Everybody's heard of backgammon. Everybody's heard of, well, actually not everybody in this part of the world has heard of of Go, but if you go to East Asia, they have. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting point, actually. You know, every part of the world has a abstract game. Absolutely. That people have been playing for as long as people have been doing anything. Absolutely. You go to Africa in the Middle East, you've got Mancala. You've got Senate. Mm Mm-hmm. You go to uh, Asia, obviously, Go is the big game there, mm-hmm. but there are lots of others as well. You go to India, and there's Pachisi. Mm-hmm. Um, you go to Greece and, uh, and, and the Mediterranean, there's Batgammon. So these abstract games have a really, really broad appeal that stretches way, way back into the mists of human history. And it's not hard to see why. These are things anybody can play, and that the more you play, the more skill you develop with them. Mm-hmm. So um, at the cafe... It's not at all uncommon for people to just get started with those. Like people will take out a chess set or a backgammon set or what have you. 
Another, I think, appeal of abstract games for people is how easy it is to make them so pretty. Oh, right. You can like, get like, super fancy deluxe yeah, versions I mean, you of can, abstract games. You can get like $600 chess sets. Mm-hmm. And that's like, for some people, that's not even that much money. You know, <laughs> like you can get the most like beautiful, ornate versions of these things. You know, a lot of more like contemporary games, they're very much kind of like what they are. You know, mm-hmm. like if a game becomes very, very popular, then they'll make it fancier. But then that's just, you know, a lot of the time it's like, it's a bigger version or it's like plastic instead of cardboard but like abstract games and again because they've been around for so long and and people with a lot of wealth were playing them when games were something you can only do when you had wealth right. you get these like gorgeous gorgeous sets of all of this stuff like some like beautiful backgammon things and some beautiful chess sets and weirdly enough that that's another thing too i think that um the the cultural sort of view of it is that chess is sometimes called the game of kings. Mm-hmm. And because you can make these beautiful, ornate pieces and stuff. By contrast, dice games are very déclassé. Those are for the hoi polloi, the proles, people like soldiers mm-hmm. and It's always sailors. associated with gambling. Exactly. And this is a very, you know, stereotypically lower class kind of thing. And it's mm-hmm. been that way, again, for centuries. And that's been the view of it. And yet, I think that that appeal of being able to get started quickly and to have a lot of depth is something that um, that makes abstracts kind of a, a commonplace in all these cultures all across the world, all throughout mm-hmm. history, including today at board game cafes. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see how, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, somebody kind of like was taught chess by a wealthy person that they had <laughs> in their life, and then they took it down to their like lower class family, and they were like, guess what? That thing they play all the time with the board and the bits that look different, it's not even that difficult. Like, it's just, like, (laughs) stuff. Like, here, let's play it with, like, you know, different sized and colored rocks. Sure, let's talk to our friend who's a carpenter and... Yeah, let's just, like, trace lines in the sand and play it with, like, you know, seashells or different Mm -hmm. colored, yeah, different sized rocks, chunks of bread. So I, I like the idea of this, like abstract games being initially thought of as like, you know, yeah, the game of kings, you know, like so Mm -hmm. difficult, so fancy, so like (laughs) higher brow. And then, you know, at the end of the day, they're not like, they're not difficult. They're not inaccessible. They are for everybody. And just because some like wealthy dudes co-opted them, you know, thousands of years ago, (laughs) doesn't mean that like the everyman can't do it now. Yeah, they, they can be as fancy as you want them to be. And they can be as austere and clean as you want them to Mm -hmm. be as well. Um, that beauty of that, that purity as well, I think is another part of the appeal of abstract games. If you're dealing with in an abstract game where all the information is available to all players at all times, you see everything, it becomes a pure contest of skill. There's no mm-hmm. chance that I'm going to lose because I got bad luck on a dice roll. Mm-hmm. Or there's no chance that I'm going to win because my grasp of the language is better than yours, right? Sure, like there's true. no subtleties there. Crosses cultural barriers yeah, there's too. no cultural subtleties. You know, like you don't gain an advantage at chess by just based on like where you're from or what you know like what you do for a living you know Mm -hmm. it's it's entirely internal okay we've been talking about chess that's probably the one that comes out most often of the well-known ones Mm -hmm. at snakes and lattes others that come out a lot that are really well known connect four yeah almost everybody knows connect four i was so good at connect four in fifth grade (laughs) so good i would crush all of my classmates at connect four did you have to go first to win no, I don't think uh, so. I can't remember. That good. Yeah, I was like a very skilled, I guess, t- eight-year-old. Nice. I don't know what happened. So the backgammon set comes out fairly often. And mm-hmm. here, okay, 
getting into questions of, well, what really is an abstract game? Because the, the bits in backgammon are purely abstract. They don't represent mm. anything special. They're, 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 they're discs, they're dice. But there is a random element, obviously, because if you're rolling dice, you're not quite sure what's going to turn out. Mm-hmm. And yet, it's still considered to be an abstract game. Well, is it that even though there's that random element, it's not it's still like known random, you know, like there's only so many There's a specific choices. range. Yeah, there's a specific range and that is a range that is known. Like it's not like it's a deck of cards face down. You don't know what the content of it, you know, mm-hmm. dice are dice. They've got, if they've got six sides, they've got six sides. They go from, you know, one to six and whatever. Yeah. And you can do that math yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Same thing with something like uh, Pachisi or Aggravation or Trouble, these cross and circle games. Mm-hmm. Um, typically they tend to involve dice. Mm-hmm. and But the, the pieces themselves are just pieces and the track is just a track. It doesn't represent anything in particular. Uh, you're just trying to get around from your start to your home. Mm-hmm. And that's done purely with numbers and with these abstract pieces that really aren't meant to, to mean anything. But um, there are those who would say that because it isn't a perfect information game, because there is that stuff that you don't know about, it's not truly abstract. And the fact is that not everybody agrees on what the definition ought to be. If by abstract we mean you know not representational stuff that's not supposed to mean anything or be anything else, then traditional card games that have the fifty-two card deck Jonathan, those are abstract as well. Because I mean, poker for example hey. is. Hey, I think you're getting a little deep there. It's only Monday. We're saying saving it for Friday. Take it easy. Okay, we'll save it for Friday. Baby steps. Save it for Friday. Wednesday, I think we'll probably get into some of the more popular abstract games at uh, at Snakes and Lattes that you might not have heard of and why you should totally try them. There are so many, and they're all so great. So, talk to you then. Bye.